What you're about to listen to is a Bri-Fi production. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Bri-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Bri-Fi, your comics guy, or just pop culture guy, because I gotta be honest, I was thinking about everything I've done in this last week. Reading comics has not been one of them. <laughs> I'm failing you guys. I used to be like a strictly comic book podcast, but now, you know, I'm more of a pop culture co- podcast that sometimes reads comic books. So maybe I need not a rebrand, but maybe just a retitling of the show. So Bri-Fi, the pop culture guy. Maybe that's what I need to go with. Anyway, this week, like I said, I was sitting there thinking to myself, what the hell have I been doing? Like, I feel like I haven't read anything or really consumed any type of media or whatever. And then I like really sat back and thought about what I've done this past week. I've been reading a new manga. I watched, uh, finished Marvel's Secret Invasion, watched the Barbie movie, started watching an anime because they're releasing a new season. So I wanted to catch back up on that. I've been listening to other podcasts, some of which have gave me feelings looking at you um cult 45 podcast (laughs) so i might address some of those things here uh that i wanted to respond to cult 45 but i probably do they they suggested i do a tiktok and talk them in that and that's probably what i'll do but i'm I'm, you know what i gotta talk about it here so we're gonna talk about it here anyway maybe i don't know we'll see I'm rambling. Uh, also, I checked out an episode of the new Twisted Metal series over on Paramount+. Plus. So, yeah, a whole bunch of shit's been going on on my neck of the woods, or in my neck of the woods, now that I think about it this past week. So, we'll talk about some of those things. Not not really a nifty nerd news type of week this week, so we'll just talk about all the things that I've really been delving into and uh, really just itching that nerd itch that I've had. So... Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Alright guys, but first in the things I wanted to talk about is a manga that I've been reading called... The Japanese name is Soso no... Or Sao Sao no Freren. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Roughly translates to uh, Freerin at the funeral. Uh, Freerin is the name of an elf who is the main character of this manga. And right now there are currently 110 chapters in English. And this thing, or this thing, this uh, comic manga is something that has really just taken hold of me, man. I, I don't know, like, I even wasn't even too sure about reading it. And I just wanted something new. It had a bunch of chapters to it. And once I got into this manga, not even the first like not even the first few pages, like I was immediately hooked on on the idea and the concept because I thought at first this was gonna be about an elf's journey with the heroes party. Which then again I thought was kind of interesting because normally it focuses on the hero of the hero's party and stuff. But then Things like it was like, hey, we did the thing. We defeated the demon king, and now we have to deal with what comes next. And not so much like deal with what comes next, but it was 
it, it very much focuses on the elf and her longevity or her, you know, being able to live forever. And immediately the two human characters, not immediately, but the two human characters in the hero's party pass away due to old age. And now it's life after them and life with this elf. And how does she now look at things after her experience with the hero's party? And, you know, they talk like it's funny because there's a lot of flashbacks between her and the hero and which through these flashbacks, you can tell that he was deeply in love with her and cared a lot. I mean, he was silly and goofy and they had a lot of fun and, and like misadventures and there's tons of flashbacks to all that. But um, one of the things they mentioned is like how long they were together. 10 years was like such a long time to be with each other and experience things with each other. But the elf was like 10 years is nothing. I don't know a thing about you guys. I've been with y'all for only 10 years. And so it's an interesting take on how she viewed her time at, with the hero in the hero's party and how she is trying to do better in this new party that she's found herself um, being a part of, which is funny because uh, a lot of the people that she's joined up with are not descendants, but protégés of the original hero's party. And so it's kind of fun and kind of interesting to... Um, have them retell stories that they were told by their masters, but when the elf Freerin or Freerin knows the truth behind the stories and stuff like that, so it's a really fun experience. It's an interesting slice of life, but with a goal. So they are going on a purposeful journey to basically it's heaven or a place called heaven where souls live on the earth, and they want to talk to people. They want to talk to members of the heroes party who have passed away. And so it's an interesting story. It's fun. And they're going on an adventure and almost taking the exact same path that the Heroes Party took to defeat the Demon King. Because, you know, conveniently, Heaven exists near the Demon King's castle. So it's been fun. I've really been enjoying it. And seeing the main character's growth through the story and how she's learned to, one, not take things so seriously, but also just to enjoy the small moments especially for someone like her whose life is full of meaningless small moments because she lived so long. And now she's starting to learn how to cherish those moments and really enjoy um, those experiences. So it's been probably one of my favorite manga without being a romance or like overtly brutal or violent, which typically feels like the only two I happen to read nowadays. <laughs> it's either super romance or super violent. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun and I've really enjoyed it. And I, I think if you're looking for manga to read, if you are a manga reader, if not, maybe this won't be for you. I don't think it's, I'm not sure it's one that's great for new readers of uh, the the genre but I definitely, it's, it's a fun read. I really enjoy it. The artwork's great in it and it's not Sometimes some manga, man, the action scenes get so detailed and chaotic that it's hard to follow what's happening. But this manga has been great and an excellent read. And so I've, I've really been enjoying it. Moving on, I've also been still playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Or, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. And I am finally to the point, 
I've beaten like the four main bosses and now it's time to head to the Hyrule Castle to eventually defeat Ganon. Um, currently my quest has me searching for Princess Zelda and I was thinking to myself like you know I have my Hylian like hood and coat and trousers and I was like but I'm not wearing Link's champion tunic you know I'm not wearing like the blue like the title character blue and stuff and I thought to myself well that's not going to be any fun if I don't defeat Ganon wearing like the that armor and or you know that suit and uh, I have it but it's like dry, like horribly degraded I needed to I need to upgrade it I need to visit the great fairy fountains to uh, add armor and stuff to it and so now it's I'm going back through the game to uh, farm light dragon material so I can upgrade Link's champion tunic and then also, like, I've realized I haven't really explored the depths, like the underground portion of the maps, hardly at all. I, I don't even think I might now have gotten 50% done, but there's so much more. And I'll tell you, it's because it scares me down. <laughs> like, I hate the dark. And this game is 100% my nightmare, at least like a third of the map, uh, where, you know, the, the lower third of the map that you have. The main Hyrule map, you have the sky map, and then you have the depths map. And I've explored everything 100% except for the depths. And there's a reason for that, because I am scared. And like one of the things that always bothers me the most, or like gives me the creeps the most, is so the depths, there are portions of it that you cannot get past, which I have finally learned. And it's because it's either due to a body of water, or a canyon, or like a river. And so, like, major rivers, canyons, and bodies of water, the depths do not go through. So you have to either find a way around, or you're trapped, like, in, like, a, a dead-end type situation. And nothing is quite, like, nothing gives me this sinking feeling, much like realizing that I am stuck in a dark place, like a pitch-black place, with very little light, than like these moments so like like for someone like me who's deeply scared of these type of situations it really gets to me and there's like another game that i've been wanting to play but it also feeds off of one of my greatest fears it's cups it's called subnautica which takes place in the ocean and in the ocean's depths and it's on an alien planet and there's like goliath style titan sized creatures that are like in these depths and murky and barely seen waters and that is an absolute fear of mine like a hundred percent super fear of mine that's why i don't go on cruises that's why i'm terrified to be on planes because we might crash in the ocean well just crashing in general on a plane like i have deep-seated fears <laughs> and legend of zelda is flirting with one of them like luckily i have enough like light orbs or well they're called like bright seed plants that give off light when you hit them or throw them against things that I can deal with it. And there are ways to light up the areas. Like with like. They're kind of like shrines slash beacons. That you unlock. That light up portions of the map. So I'm dealing with it. But it's a very slow process. Because while it's not required. To find everything down there. To complete the game. You know it makes the game better. So like I. But because it's not required. I have been avoiding it like the plague. <laughs> So I'm almost done with Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, other video games that I've been playing this week. Oh, uh, BattleBit. I've been having a blast playing BattleBit over on Steam. It's like 20 bucks, maybe. Maybe it's even cheaper. 
Uh, I think I've talked about it before on the podcast. It's like Minecraft, but with guns. And it's it's literally well, it's literally Battlefield and Minecraft had a baby together, and it's better than both the games combined. And there's even building in this game, not like Minecraft building, but you can build like uh, protective structures and things like that, which is fun. But it's been a fast-paced first-person shooter with like you know different classes like recon, assault, medic, support, stuff like that. That I've I've very much found entertaining. And now here it feels like I'm finally getting the hang of the mouse and keyboard uh, first-person shooter again because I've been doing way better. That and I think I've been unlocking a lot more with my guns. So like I have grips now and so like my stability is a lot better and stuff like that. And I've kind of learned how to adjust my fighting style, like, you know, like my tactics and to accommodate what gun I'm using. So I finally learned just get up get get up and close with an assault rifle because that's just going to be the best case scenario. Always make sure you're around other people. Like don't go in it alone because best case scenario, we work together and um I pick up kills that way pretty fairly easily or get a lot of assists that way. And then worst case scenario, I die and then I get re- like revived and then get back into the fight. And so that's, you know, a learning experience, but it's been really fun. I still think one of my favorite things to do is be recon in that game and use a marksman rifle not a sniper rifle but a marksman rifle which handles more mid to long range combat and um using that has been a lot of fun uh urban fights have absolutely been my favorite sniping people out of buildings or while i'm inside a building has been just exciting and so you can see some of my excitement if you head over to my youtube channel and look at my latest um game highlight video it's me playing battle bit i've been having a blast with that game and so yeah that's what i've been doing with there uh heading over to paramount plus i checked out the first episode of twisted metal which i actually found very enjoyable anthony mackie's playing the main character and um i just like it's funny because I remember playing Twisted Metal a lot as a kid. Uh, my sister had a PlayStation and all my friends had PlayStations. I was more of a Nintendo and then an Xbox person. But one of the games I do remember vividly playing was Twisted Metal. And I've been having a blast with that. So now getting to see a series in it has been really a hell of a lot of fun, man. Um, I'm trying to look it up as I'm talking about it, but... So, stars Anthony Mackie, and he is a, I guess, I don't know if it's his specific name or what they call them, uh, but uh, a milkman, and basically what he does is make deliveries uh, between different settlements. Uh, of course, it's a post-apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic world, so, you know, you just, you gotta have stuff like that, right? Um, and... What happens is basically people who, there are people who live inside of the communities and people who live outside the communities. You have the law and the lawless, essentially. And Anthony Mackie is like the one bright spot in an otherwise like horrible wasteland of outsiders. And while making a delivery, he's given the opportunity to 
become a member of a community to come inside of a community and no longer have to live outside in the dangerous world that he lives in. I don't know. He he has an opportunity of a lifetime, but he's got to make one last delivery. He's got one last job that he's got to perform and it's going to take him all the way across country to pick up a delivery and then bring it back to California. And it's something that, while it's super risky, is worth the risk, man. And so it, it's it's really interesting getting to see some of the uh, characters and some of the cars. I, I think we're already... Um, who are we introduced to? Uh, Agent Stone was the cop. And that was pretty awesome getting to see him. Uh, Sweet Tooth makes, makes an appearance in episode one. And like, I'm trying to think of the, who the other, like there's two other cars. So Anthony Mackie's car, like I said, I'm not sure if he's an actual character from Twisted Metal. I can't remember. Uh, they call him the Milkman. And then there's a pink hearse, uh, which has a brother-sister driver driving duo that I don't remember from the games. I do believe there was a hearse from the games, but I don't know if it's this hearse and i don't i'd have to look more into it but i did recognize uh agent stone or um the the cop the in the police car i think his name was agent stone i can't remember 100 percent. and then a uh, sweet tooth uh, of course the ice cream truck demon clown so i'm excited for that uh getting to see those in action was a hell of a lot of fun and i'm pretty sure that was all just episode one man it went by really quickly or maybe it was episode two can't remember 100% but so it's like one or two episodes are out now Uh, I'm enjoying it I can't wait to watch more I think the storyline that they give this for the game because like the game I don't remember having much of a storyline I just you got to pick cars and you pretty much shot each other tried to blow each other up and that was like the story but here having a character to focus focus around who I don't believe is part of the main cast of Twisted Metal and give him an assignment that's to go across country which means he's going to go to different territories which can be run by different characters of the twisted metal franchise which is what i think is happening here so it could be a lot of fun the fact that sweet tooth is like one of the first though is kind of crazy because i thought sweet tooth would be like one of the final bosses but when you think about where like i don't want to spoil it but where sweet tooth is located and um as far as like maps go it makes sense like it 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 really plays out and so i'm excited to see how this all works out man because it looks like it's a lot of fun anthony mackie is basically giving his best will smith impersonation like that it was funny because as i was watching and watching his banter and like the way he acts and how he plays this character i thought to myself they must have really wanted will smith for this role but couldn't afford him or he's not emotionally ready for it. And Anthony Mackie is like the new Will Smith. Like when I think about it, like his mannerisms, his swagger, his acting ability, I feel like he could be the new Will Smith. Like he can take those roles as like the cool, I mean, cool action hero, but like still has like that street smarts about him, you know, that like, other action heroes you don't really get with you know but 
Like with Anthony Mackie, man, I feel it. And I'm kind of excited for it. And hopefully Twisted Metal does really well because I, I'm really rooting for him and wanting to see him, you know, be the lead in more things other than Captain Falcon, you know, so or the Falcon and Winter Soldier. But now he's Captain America. So hopefully that leads to more and new and better. But I'm excited. Twisted Metal has been really cool. Uh, the last thing that I could think about or remember to talk about is the Barbie movie. And Casey wanted to go watch it. I've been interested in it. And it was either that or Oppenheimer. And if you guys know me, you know I'm probably not going to watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> but when I tell you I was not prepared for the emotions that I was going to like going to be going through with this movie and how fun it was, how meaningful it was. And this is coming from someone who was, I mean, I knew what Barbie was. My sister played with Barbies, but I was not a Barbie person. But I was aware enough of Barbie and commercials and things like that to get references, to understand the jokes. And I think, I mean, honestly, when I think about it, I think a lot of us do. Because, I mean, Barbie was a big deal growing up. And it meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I feel like the Barbie movie does a great job of addressing those feelings, whether they were good or bad feelings. It does a great job of bringing those to the forefront. And then on top of that, it's telling a story of not just female empowerment, but the struggles and also giving it a turn on its head because how things are in Barbie land represent how things are in the real world, but gender swapped where, you know, in Barbie land, it's the women who hold the power, who all hold all the power and the men are just pieces of meat that, you know, like, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Like, we're so proud of you, but like, that's like as best as you'll ever do because you're just kin, you know? And it was kind of interesting and funny to see with that and the irony of it. And then when they go to the real world and Ken sees how things are done, there where like the patriarchy and the men hold the power and stuff like that and then he tries to bring that back to like he brings it to barbie land which causes like this whole whole uproar stuff and that's only like one subplot of what the main movie's about because like man i mean i'm kind of i'm spoiling it so spoilers guys but it revolves around what's happened to barbie stereotypical barbie or Marco Robbie's Bobby, Bobby Barbie, and how is she going to fix this rift that has caused her to realize she doesn't live a perfect life and that things aren't really right in Barbie land? Like, so something happens and is the catalyst for her wanting to go to the real world, which, you know, we've seen in the trailers. So, like, that part is not really like a big spoiler or takeaway. Like, we know that she has to go to the real world. But why? Who is she there for? What is the connection? And how does she fix it? Not only fixing that, but fix herself and try to fix uh, everything for women. You know, so it's a fun movie. It's great. Um, getting, I like I said, I was not prepared for the emotions that I was going to feel for this movie. And like, there's some really funny moments. There's hugely funny moments in this movie. Like one of the funniest things happens very early on. Um... Ryan Gosling's Ken is arguing with Simu Liu's Ken 
and it's about being at the beach and his job is beach you know so like that's what he does he hangs out at the beach and does things at the beach and then they're like trying to see who's the best at beach and so they're like well i'll beat you off well i'm gonna beat you off well why don't we get together and beat each other off and so like it's really funny it was a funny joke and i'm laughing my ass off uh with this beach off joke and all I could think of is turning, like, I looked down the aisle because there was a family there with very young girls. I had to be, like, anywhere between five and eight years old. And I was like, oh, God, are they going to stay through this? But you know what? Parents are pretty cool. I think they understood what they were getting into. And, the, I mean, the girls, like, it, it was fun. It's fun for kids, but it has a lot of stuff for adults, too. Uh, it's definitely, I think, I believe it's PG-13 rated. And I, I I fully agree with that rating. <laughs> um, uh, and like basically like one of the moments in which the catalyst for the movie, they're all having a party and it's like shortly after the beat, like beach, beat you off moment. And like they're all dancing, have a good time. And Barbie all of a sudden is like, sometimes I think about death or like dying. And like everyone stops. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't think this was going to be happening. And it wasn't like played off as a weird joke. I mean, like she tries, like the character tries to play it off as a joke, but like it's legit. Like this is a serious thing that she's going through, like death and thinking about like all the horrible things. And then like she goes visits Weird Barbie to kind of address this and try to get fixed. And like it's just funny the things that is brought up to her and how it sends her on her journey and stuff. And I don't want to take too much away from it, but I feel like that's enough to really get you into it without spoiling too much of the movie. I honestly thought it was phenomenal. I see why it's performing so well because it's honestly just a good movie. Like not, not only is it a Barbie movie, but if you took the Barbie aspect out of it and just made it a doll movie with like a doll going through the same things, uh, it's a fantastic movie. The added fact and nostalgia factor that it is Barbie and that's going through this makes it even better. I will I will say one of my favorite mo moments from this movie, and it, it just happens so quickly, and it's just like there. One, the narration's pretty funny. But two, there's moments where like clothes are being thrown about and it's like the clothes stop in midair spread out so you can fully see them and it's like barbie's summer wear or like barbie's like whatever collection and stuff and it reminds me of the commercials because that's like how it would do it they would be like in the air floating about and it would be for like whatever new line barbie or camping barbie or like disco barbie or stuff like you know like that and i, I distinctively remember those commercials and having that like little easter egg thrown in there was really funny really hilarious um it was fun man it, it was a good time i really enjoyed it i recommend if you were on the fence about seeing this movie like eh, i don't know i watch it it's super hilarious has a lot of heart to it and all the characters like everyone seems like one they're having a good time and two it's really good like the acting's really good in it i I thought everyone from top to bottom did a great job. It doesn't feel like anyone's phoning it in. And there's a pretty good message in there, man. So especially for people like us within from like your 30s to like 40s, like maybe your mid 30s to your mid 40s, like those of us in that age range, I feel like this movie is definitely going to strike a nerve with you. 
and you're like, oh, yeah, let's say 30s. 30s to mid 40s or maybe 30s to your late 40s. I feel like this is going to like really strike a nerve with you and your feelings and a whole bunch of other things. But I, I was surprised. I I teared up like maybe two or three times during this movie because of different things that had happened and how I empathized with those characters. So I thought it was pretty awesome, man. Suck it, Oppenheimer. <laughs> but that's it, man. That's really all that I've done this past week. I say that's all I've done this past weekend. Just like five different things I've been doing. I do have some comics that I do want to start reading. I've just been kind of holding on for a rainy day or when things with Legend of Zelda finally slow down. And I think I'm finally in that moment where like I'm taking a taking a seat back to try to do some side quest stuff and upgrade my character more before I finally beat the game. That maybe, you know, I'll start picking up some comics and start reading them from time to time. I don't know. But then it's so easy to just read manga because it's on my phone and I always have my excuse me my phone with me i burped and so it's it's a struggle man it's a struggle to be bri-fi the comics guy when there's so many things pulling me each different direction oh secret invasion i forgot to talk about that marvel secret invasion holy shit that's probably because of the ending and how kind of forgetful it was is why now that being said i enjoyed secret invasion we'll talk about this and then we'll get out of your hair for the week so one, it was espionage, spy stuff, people who can shapeshift. So it had all the makings to be a really great television show. And then it just feels like it never goes there. <laughs> um, it just, it, it never felt like either it didn't take itself seriously enough or it didn't believe in itself enough to really be the good show that it really could have been. Um, Nick Fury's character, while they talk about how different he is, like in, in the context of the show really does feel really different and doesn't, doesn't ever feel like he goes back to how he was or as brutal or as ruthless as he used to be. And I don't know if that's meant to be that way or what this was supposed to be. Like, what was this show supposed to be for the character? In some ways, I thought it was going to be a send-off for Samuel L. Jackson's character. In other ways, I thought this was going to be a good way to build on new characters or maybe reveal that some characters that we thought were our friends were actually secretly scrolls. Um, we learned one character was... And it isn't until, like, the very last episode, you they kind of put the pieces together of how he got turned, or how a scroll took over his life, and how long has the scroll been a part of his life. And so, it's pretty interesting, and I just, I don't know, man. Um, like I said, it had the potential to be so much better than it was, and I just feel like there was a lot of parts... Where it just, it didn't, man. Um, the main villain, Gravik, was pretty cool. Actually, he's in the Barbie movie, too, which was throwing me for a loop. And I really liked him. I liked his anger. I liked his brutality. Um, Amelia Clark's in it. She plays Gaia, who at first joins Gravik because she believes in the cause that he's fighting for. Because she feels like her father, Talos, or Talos just kind of got complacent with just 
living amongst the humans in secret instead of being able to live their own lives in their own skin. And so eventually she joins him, but then realizes that things are getting way out of hand with Gravik and that they, they need to do so, or something needs to happen because he's going to uh, cause a lot of problems and is going to do more harm than good. So you have that going on, but like, I just feel like one, the stakes really didn't mean that much and, and the overall scheme of things. And I think the other thing was like some of the stuff that seemed like, oh man, this is like a crazy moment that's really going to mean something. And then it plays it off like, oh, well that person either was a scroll, so they're really alive, so it's fine. Or it was like they're now they're super scrolls, so the scroll doesn't actually die. It just regenerates. And then like they get powers without really saying where those powers are from. And it really doesn't mean anything. And of course, everything boils down to a, a you know a CG fight at the end, which is what all Marvel movies do. But like I said, it was still entertaining. I just I feel like I had higher expectations for the show because of the characters involved and the actors involved. And then it really just kind of fell flat for me. And so and there's a lot of characters I just don't remember. Like I know they were a part of it, but they just weren't that memorable to me um th there is a sweet moment at the end with uh nick fury and his spoiler alert scroll wife that he has and they go back to the sword base in space by the end of this which you know was it was nice it was romantic and kind of a nice thing with these two um, who have been together for a very long time and know each other very well and know just how to push each other's buttons or really make the other fall all the way back in love with them again so it was like the that, those aspects of the the show were really good but i think overall it really didn't hit its mark or i don't i don't think it hit the goal that it was trying to hit by the end of this series or at least for me like, I mean, I, I'm sure it told the story it wanted to tell and got us from point A to point B like it wanted to, but it it, it honestly feels like, in, in that sense, like where the journey felt better than getting to the destination. And so, like, parts of this show and the journey through the show are really good. There's moments of brilliance and really fun action and stuff like that, but then you get to the last episode and you get to the results of everything and the fallout of, of everything and it just, I don't know, it left a bad taste in my mouth, but not in the way that like, oh, because next season's where things get, you know, like how movies number two are like the end of Infinity War and all that. Like, you know, it ends in a bad place, but that's because we're setting up for something great. And no, it just, just didn't feel right, the ending. And it just kind of left a weird taste in my mouth. So I don't know. I just, I don't know if I'm finally getting that Marvel fatigue which uh, has been hurting a lot of people. I think of all the other Marvel television shows that have come out this year, this is one of the weaker ones. Um, well, not just this year. I mean, like, in this recent couple of Marvel television shows, like, starting with WandaVision, I guess that's all of them. <laughs> um, well, and that's not including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I still hold very dear and I think still does a better job of being like a continuing television series uh, set in the Marvel Universe. But anyway, 
like these Disney Plus shows. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. It's one of the weakest, maybe not the weakest Disney Plus show, but definitely one of them. Um, so, but it's still entertaining. Like, don't don't let me like don't let my pessimism of this deter you from watching the show. It's still fun. It has its moments. It's just I I just. I don't know if it was my own personal preference or where I thought this series was going to go or this movie was going to go or the yeah, series was going to go. It just, I don't know. It, it was the first time I was actually kind of let down with a Marvel property like, where I had expectations. And that was my problem. I had expectations going into this. If you don't have expectations, it might go really well for you. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that's all that I got for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we will see you guys next week. Um, Bright fire out.